guessed it, Pressure Points. I'm D. This is my sweet little Tootsie having AJ. We're coming at you with Season 3, Episode 5. It's Snack Time Monday. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, at PointsOPressure. Let's get to it, cutie pies. All right, all right. So first off, it's just snack time. And no, the snack is not my tootsies. It is. We're feasting on some tootsies today. Not tootsie rolls. The ones down in your footsies. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, stop. I hate oh, you. Oh, God. It is everything a good weekend. You. It is a, f- well, it's not a weekend for you guys, but it is for us. It's a good Monday for everybody. Hopefully. No, yeah, hopefully. It's probably going to be a shit Monday. Yeah, unless you're listening to this from a hospital bed, in which case it's still a good Monday for everybody else. <laughs> Uh, so what you been up to this last week? The GoFundMe fucking worked. Your I'm... boys got a new fresh ass car. Yeah, but you didn't actually get it from anybody giving you money. No, no. Yeah, I, so the GoFundMe. I bought it myself. Didn't work. Yeah, GoFundMe was entirely unsuccessful. I made zero dollars. Much like this podcast. Actually, that's not true at all. You're right. We're um, in the negative. Yeah, we're in the negative. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a good weekend. Yeah. I ran into some some title issues, but I mean, after I sorted out the fact that I stole the vehicle, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Free ninety nine, bitch. Yeah, there's nothing cheaper than free. <laughs> oh, except for debt. Wait, no, no, yeah. no that's no, the opposite. No, no. <laughs> yeah, we uh, just finished building the new yeah, desk in the studio. Yeah, clean in here. You guys will, if you've checked out our Instagram today, you'll see it because uh, we're going to. Have a picture up there. I mean, we currently have it already. I mean, uh, it'll probably <laughs> uh, be up yeah, there at some point. Nice little little uh, research studio, officially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enough space for us to sit here and not play footsies the entire time. I told you it was about those tootsies. Sorry, tootsies, not footsies. Yeah. But yeah, what about you? How was your weekend? Uh, didn't or how do, was your week, I guess? Didn't do anything. Good. Except for work, just working. Thank I know what that's like. No, you don't. No, you, you I fuck don't off. at all. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, so this this episode this is going to be a fun one. It's snack time. Oh, before we even get into that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge, 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 huge thank you to uh, Thomas from Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know if you saw our replies on Twitter, but, I mean, somebody cried. We got a little teary-eyed yeah, when they read it. And it might have been both of us. Uh, yeah, like we said, drinks are certainly on us if you ever try to venture out to Utah for some fucking reason. Yeah, I don't know why you would. Uh, <laughs> I guess the mountains are pretty. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then we got another shout-out that we'll throw out at the end of the episode. But always, to all everybody listening, always feel free to reach out. We love feedback. Even yes. if you're like, hey, both of you are horrible human beings, we'll roll with it. We'll, we'll have a conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might message back once. Yeah, you might just send like a crying emoji. Yeah, but... and we're not going to tell you who messaged you back. Could be either one of us. We're both on there. Yeah, so. Unless you're positive, in which case I'll sign my name. Yes. AJ will not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't want the recognition. Oh, I want to stay God. humble. So yeah, uh, thanks again, man. It, it was uh, it was very sweet of you. Now, on to uh, what you got. What you so got for snack me Snack time. I was originally going to talk about uh, another Jewish boxer, kind of in the same vein as... Uh, Nat Arno from last season. That was you last season, right? You gotta stop recycling episodes. Munchie <laughs> Monday, snack time, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Different Jewish boxer. Uh, this guy boxed his way through Auschwitz, so we'll we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But a new, newer listener came to me and said, hey, you should cover this thing. And I said, you know what? That's a fantastic idea. Fantastic. So thank you, John. We're going to talk about food because... Looking we at if you just look down, certainly both all about. We know it. a lot about food. <laughs> yes, considering all the empty glasses that we have in front of us, we consume. Yes, <laughs> quickly yes. consumption. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure, hopefully, all of you have at least heard of the Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Um, you familiar with it at all? Yeah, yeah, I know about it. Didn't read it. I didn't read anything in high school. Yeah, it's like fair. I was the worst fucking student in the world. It was amazing. All right, well, it's basically an, like an inside look at the U.S. meat industry, uh, mostly in Chicago. It's published in 1906. The basics of it are 
shit meat, disgusting condition, wage slavery, uh, and some specific accounts of people falling into the rendering tanks. It's actually funny because it sounds like an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> just, just wait for this. An Amazon warehouse. At so the similar time. to how somebody will fall down and have a heart attack, and then the Amazon robots will just go over their body. <laughs> these their their accounts of people would they would fall into the rendering tanks and basically get mixed in with the animals and rendered into lard. Yeah. So if you were buying, Sweeney, they'd Sweeney Todd those guys. Oh yeah. If you were <laughs> around the early 1900s, around the turn of the century, if you were buying Durham's pure leaf lard, it's probably made of humans. <laughs> There's probably humans in there. Thinking back, if you think you've consumed meat from the 1920s, you probably shouldn't be worried about the humans that you were potentially consuming. <laughs> you should nah, be worried fine. about the meat you're consuming from the 20s. Lard never goes bad. Oh yeah, never. So this this caused like the Meat Inspection Act and. A whole bunch of other reforms down the line until the FDA kind of came into power. Kicked so you know, meat was really gross, but since then, it's fixed, right? We're we're all good. All meat is fine. All right, all, all, all food is totally good. fine. All food is acceptable. Oh. Anything consumed that has an FDA approved stamp is a okay. Yeah, and we're definitely not gonna get into like the Crooksfield Jacob disease with the prion disease from the cow meat that was being fed cow. Ugh, yeah, we're not going to get into that because I'm just focusing on the U.S. because we're the center of the universe. Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> so next up, I'm going to talk about a, a little, basically, I'm going to be talking about food and where some, some of our, you know. Typical. Some of, oh, yeah. Some of our <laughs> pantry staples really come from. And, you know, this is going to be a really wholesome episode. Good. So Sylvester. It's about time we have some yeah. positivity right, on right. this show. First man's name is Sylvester, which I love. So Sylvester Graham. He invented graham crackers in the uh, 1880s. Oh, we talked about this one. I'm excited. Yes. He was part of the temperance movement, which was kind of like a, well, it was a movement throughout really? the- Really? Yeah. The we, temperance movement- I think it was the latter half- You heard half, it here first. Yep. Was a movement. Latter half of the 1800s <laughs> and into the 1900s, it gained a lot, way more support than I could ever imagine- nowadays but basically when did you say it started the 1800s yeah latter half of the 1800s oh, okay all right and through it, until it about kind World of took War II, a, if i remember right it it you know really took off when gwyneth paltrow got into control of things <laughs> <laughs> yes the 1850 so he being part of this movement i'm not going to tell you what they were all about yet he believed that minimizing pleasure and stimulation of all kinds coupled with a vegetarian diet anchored by bread made from wheat coarsely ground at home was how God intended people to live and that following this natural law would keep people healthy. Good old Jeebus bread, man. So he invented graham crackers. Bland, coarse, not a lot of flavor. Perfect. <laughs> exactly what graham crackers are. 10 out of 10. So he in eventually inspired a little known duo named John and Will Kellogg. Oh, they were man. brothers. So John was a doctor. He was a health activist, an inventor, a eugenicist. So go check out oh, the eugenics shit. episode, season We've one. We've come full I don't know circle. He was the director. It was uh, episode was two. Two? Dose, our second episode. Ever. We talked about eugenics, yes. which is a, another positive episode. Actually, technically speaking, our third episode ever. If you're curious oh, yeah. on our first, very, very, very <laughs> first episode, find us on Patreon. That little, was shameless. Yeah, that was very shameless advertising, but- just gonna drop it out there i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> so he was the director of the battle creek sanitarium in uh, michigan his brother also worked there i think he was like a janitor or something i don't remember exactly it was not a not a high high up place do you mean to tell me that you didn't do as much research as you should have this wasn't the the main focus of my episode because <laughs> he's not a nazi so I see. That's that's where it mattered. Yeah. So they believed in the temperance movement, and they believed heavily in abstinence, just like Utah. And, you know, the Bible <laughs> just, Belt. Just like this specific state. Weird. So his uh, he promoted the development of anaphrodisiac foods, which is where the plain, tasteless cornflakes his brother used to make into a cereal kingdom. Now, to clarify, <clears throat> it's not like an aphrodisiac. It's an aphrodisiac. An aphrodisiac. The opposite. Yeah. This not an aphrodisiac. Like if you ate this, and then your, you ate your boner like oysters, <laughs> your boner would just go normal. But if you did not eat the oysters, your wiener is inside you, back inside. Pretty much. Yeah. It's a magical experience. Oh my god. 
God, it's fucking You should good. try it. So That's yeah. what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to eat graham crackers on this episode. <laughs> oh, my mouth would be so dry. <laughs> just oh, crunching no. through. So he, yeah, basically, John was the doctor. He tried out a whole bunch of stuff on those poor sanitarium, you know, crazies, or just women who talk back. <laughs> because we all know the women that talk, talk back, it's not that they're like, a problem. It's that they're horny. That's no, the, no. It's that they're crazy, the <laughs> and they, the only God. way to fix it is to prescribe two hours of finger blasting and graham crackers. Yes, and graham crackers. <laughs> uh, if you don't know anything about how crazy people were treated in the like eighteen or late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds, that probably doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so his yeah. So he was trying to create. This just bland, tasteless food to get people to stop jerking it, and eventually they they made a mistake in the processing of this of this bran, and it became cornflakes. And his brother was like, oh, "I can use this. I'm gonna be a millionaire. I mean, and I'm gonna stop people from masturbating." The best is it like he he thinks that these foods are basically post nut clarity. Like he thinks that you <laughs> yeah, eat Kellogg's. First thing, first thing in the morning, you eat Kellogg's. You're like, I don't need to crank one out before I go to school. I'm set. <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna think about sex the rest of the day. I'm gonna think about success and the Bible. God. Yeah. So they, Jesus they were and, and success. <laughs> they were heavily inspired by Sylvester Graham when they were creating that food, and yeah, they they basically created these cornflakes to stave off the horniness. <laughs> So uh, to go into more of the personal beliefs of John Kellogg, not the serial guy, but the serial guy's brother. If I hopefully don't have that mixed up or that'll suck. He, ba yeah, he thought that masturbation was the literally the worst thing that you could do. And I have a quote. Neither the plague nor war nor smallpox nor similar diseases have produced results so disastrous to humanity as the pernicious habit of onanism, which is <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Jerking off oh, in your own privacy, in your own home, is worse than war, smallpox, and the plague. <laughs> I oh, love this. Isn't that this the is best? amazing. Like I, this, I want this guy for president. Yeah, he, I'd. Oh god, he no. sounds like he would really, really lock things down. Yeah, I, I had heard of the temperance movement, and I had heard of these guys being crazy, but I didn't think. They took themselves this we seriously. We weren't thinking this crazy. Yeah, there there are people in the temperance movement who were so crazy about like their diets, these vegetarian, bland, tasteless diets, that uh, I I wish I could remember who it was, but there, I was reading a quote about a man who stated that his bowel movements smelled like a fresh biscuit on a summer day. <laughs> <laughs> and that he never had it's to like, wipe. He just goes, it's nice because every other day I am producing my own biscuits and gravy, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> he's not producing any gravy. <laughs> yeah, not any gravy. No, no. That he's would just be against... shitting out Popeye biscuits yeah. and sobbing thunk. while he's in there every morning. Thunk, thunk. You know what will make me feel better? Cornflakes. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, God, dude. Lower so, your fiber yeah. intake, buddy. <laughs> That's all they had was fiber. <laughs> That's all. So he oh. warned heavily about masturbation-related deaths, which was my favorite <laughs> thing to look into ever. Oh, God, you should have told me. I would happily find masturbation-related deaths. <laughs> no, oh, so that's great. amazing. Did he Did he state, like, oh, here are some, some things that happen, like yeah, people yeah. jerk off and rip their dick off and bleed no, to no, death? It, I bet it, that's he, happened. He would say that, like, things like prostate cancer, or ovarian, or ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, was caused by masturbating. Damn, stupid scientist. I wanted something cool. <laughs> if you were impotent, it was because you jerked off. Uh, any kind of urinary disease, epilepsy, insanity, disability, blindness. And he also wanted to point out that climax caused exhaustion of nervous energy writing. Meaning, you, when you jerk off, your nervous energy depletes. Yeah, the thing is, if you if you eat fried chicken on your lunch shift... It's likely that you shouldn't be operating heavy machinery because you will start jacking off. I while was gonna operating say, am I jacking machinery. off with the chicken? <laughs> no. Oh, it's it's the things that are in the chicken. It's because it's it's not. Yes. Uh, it's white not and bland. wholesome, whatever the fuck it is. Bland, <laughs> wheat based. 
bland, vegetarian, wheat-based trash. So, yeah, if you have epilepsy, it's because you masturbated. It is. Yeah. Actually. That's the entire reason. That's true. Yeah. If you're completely insane, if you have schizophrenia, it's probably because somebody masturbated uh, near you. Masturbated on you. Yeah, on you. <laughs> if you have any kind of disability or blindness, yeah, yeah it's your fault. Could have been prevented. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Awful, awful thing. This guy, what the oh, fuck? It gets even worse. Oh, God, I'm so excited. So he was very outspoken and about promoting extreme anti-masturbation measures. He was personally circumcised at the age of 37. Good, as all should be. His wife, who he got married to, was <laughs> followed his beliefs. and She was circumcised at the age of 30 yes, as well. I mean, in her own way. She, they <laughs> never consummated the marriage. They just, like... Sex is the worst thing. They circumcised her clitoris is what they did. Uh, we'll nice get into that. Slim, we'll get into that. Snip. Remember that in five minutes. No, uh, like By the way, seconds. if anybody's wondering what I'm referencing there, if you have not seen the movie... Antichrist, starring Willem Dafoe, you're in for a treat. Just skip to the last ten minutes. It's phenomenal. It has nothing to do with the clitoris. No, it has no. It has everything to do with it. It's amazing. Oh, it's painful, but amazing. So you, I mean, you see that meme about the anti-masturbation cross where you just strap your kid into it so he can't touch himself. <laughs> that's my favorite meme. But oh god, that's not what he promoted. He promoted. That well, he he also said that <laughs> you, even if you're can married, can you imagine? Pause. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Can you imagine like you're staying at, at like your sister's house or whatever? You're gonna watch <laughs> their kids. Kid walks into the living room because mom and dad are out on their little vacation. Kid walks in. He's like, "Oh, are you gonna strap me in?" You're like, "What?" And they go, "Yeah." And they pull out a cross. No, I'd say. And Did you say strap in or strap on? <laughs> a strap in or strap on? Oh, referencing last episode for sure. Uh, so he just pulls out this cross and you're like, what the hell? And he goes, oh, it's so that I don't, you Same. know, and looks at his, looks at his little child dick. And he's like, I got to be safe for Jesus. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this family? I'm leaving. You're on your own, kid. Strap yourself in, you fucking sicko. <laughs> and tell your dad I said to call me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. This is just, just a wonderful, wonderful set of beliefs here. He also believed that even if you're married in your own home, if you basically don't do anything more than missionary with a sheet between you, then that was too much. Yeah. And I've... if you're not doing it just to have a kid, that's way too much. Were you're there sitting. any other positions? Is there like another way? No, that no, no, no. That's all. Sex? That's all. That's all. You that's... don't want to exhaust your nervous energy. Oh, I didn't even know you could do anything other than male on top. I always thought power bottom was just a joke. It is. <laughs> So, uh, he recommended circumcision without anesthetic. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You have to wait for them to old enough to remember it because then they remember the pain and then they don't touch themselves because they're like, oh, that hurts. What religion is it where, like, the priest basically sucks the baby dick and bites no, no. off them? Yeah, that's uh, Orthodox Judea Judaism. <laughs> what the fuck? Don't Google it. Yeah. It's awful. I, I haven't seen pictures. I've heard I've of seen, it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no. ooh, zoinks. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite... Procedure <laughs> that he suggested, oh, and something that we're gonna try. Is is... We're gonna we're gonna be Orthodox Jews for the day. No, no, no. And we're gonna suck baby dicks and bite their bite the tips off. That's gonna be taken out of context. <laughs> it is. It's cool. That's gonna be episode six. Tune in next time. Can't wait for the apology episode for this one. <laughs> oh, our lawyer's gonna have a fucking hate oh, yeah. with this one. So there's an airplane. <laughs> You probably can't hear that. So you take some silver thread and you, oh no, using a needle, you pinch the foreskin. Why does it have to be silver thread? So that it, it uh, doesn't get infected. Silver is anti oh, okay. antibacterial. All right, this makes so sense. or antimicrobial. So you pinch the foreskin and you sew it ah! shut, so that you can still pee. It's not like stitched completely shut. It's not sealed, so you can just pee. But anytime you start to get an erection, it starts to push on the foreskin. <laughs> That's so clear. I know, it does and, sound, that sounds good. And then it hurts, and then you just train oh, it yourself. Hurts? Really? Yeah, from it the, hurts? Yeah, where, and then you just physically can't get an erection, or you well, pull I'd out assume your you just, I'd assume that you train yourself not yes. to get an erection. Yeah, that, that's the uh, oh, so most humane way. fucking 
hot. Uh, weird. It's Ugh. so gross. It's painful. Another another one for male and female is a nice cool enema anytime you feel aroused. I mean, like I mean, ice yeah, that... water in your asshole. Oh. I mean, oh, no, that's <laughs> terrible. That sounds awful. Why'd you wink at me? I didn't. Get your tootsies away from me. Snack mm. time. Ah, AJ's a snack time today. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, probably the best one for... Uh, you know, for for women is to if the clitoris is not to be removed. What? What? Pour carbolic acid or other irritants upon the clitoris. <gasps> yeah, it, you melt the clit off. Well, the problem is, to melt the clit off, you, you to gotta know it. where it is. Yeah. I can guarantee the Kellogg's did not know where off. the clit is. They're just burning off like Audi belly buttons. Yeah. They're like, oh, we've got this. No, we found no, you it. don't. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Joke's on you, dipshit. So the the temperance movements, oh, movement God. was basically all about oh, man. vegetarian is... diet, boring food, uh, not having sex, and not masturbating, uh, not drinking. The whole reason the prohibition came around was because of the temperance movement. Really, they had that much. They of had a that much influence. political influence. Yep, interesting. They had a yeah played a major role in that. And there there are a lot of really interesting ads floating around from like the early 1900s. Oh, we should put about one how, up. We should find one. Oh, you shouldn't be drinking because you're a bastard if you are. <laughs> because you probably have normal looking genitals, you freak. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, God, yeah. I just I still can't. I'm still working on processing the acid clitoris and penis sewing. Like, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, so from our generation, if you think about your grandparents. Okay. Their parents have a very good chance, if they were in the U.S., of being part of the temperance movement. Interesting. Now you wonder why Utah has such a high STD rate. So you mean to tell me, tell me that there's a chance my dad's got a sewn-up dick? No. Oh, okay, good. I, I was worried. Like, I mean, it would make sense I, as I to why it I turned the out the day. way that I did with your teeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you Orthodox chewed him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, my insides. Oh, no, 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 no. So that was pretty gross. I just. No, that was that's... delightful. And there's so much Let's more. Let's do more. Let's talk more about there it. Are, there is so much more on that topic that that just wasn't the main goal for this bit. Happy Monday, everyone, yes. by the way. Hey. If you're eating your Kellogg's for breakfast and your genitals aren't mutilated, Now's the time. Yeah, go for it. Kitchen, kitchen no better butter year, knives work. No better year than 2020. Whip out the silver string and let's start selling. God damn. So we're going to transition into a completely different topic, except that it's food related. Oh, And okay. this is Chinese restaurants. You ever notice how in this big cities, especially on the racist. East Coast. No, I'm not going to do this. There are so many Chinese restaurants. On the East Coast? And the West Coast, I suppose. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. All over the place. Tons of Chinese restaurants. Every movie, not every movie, a ton of movies that you see, there's a Chinese restaurant. Every single, every single movie. movie you've seen, there's a Chinese like restaurant. Like even like that Christmas movie that I can't ever remember what it's called. There's a Chinese re- food restaurant. <laughs> Christmas it's a thing. story. How do you oh, not that remember called? what the fuck that movie is called? God damn it. Called. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So, oh, God. They're always family run. I say always, but of course I'm being racist. Uh, generali- I'm generalizing it. <laughs> Not racist. The real racists are people in the 1880s and 70s and 60s and every time up to them now. So in 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act passed, banning all immigration of Chinese laborers. Like, you're Chinese? You can't come in. The only way that that Chinese people could immigrate is if they were business owners. Oh, okay. So you could just scramble and say... Hey, I'm a, I own a restaurant. I know how to cook Chinese food. Then they could get uh, permission. It's a nice to little workaround. Also, it's really nice because I like Chinese food. Yeah. I'm not sorry about it. So it works. Works for me. The shit part is. Oh. It started in 1882. It wasn't fully repealed until 1965. What? Really? Yeah. It it uh, it went through steps of being less stringent. Huh. Starting in the 1900s, but yeah, pretty much. They took our jobs was happening in the mid 1800s. They took our Chinese food stand. Took our jobs. Yeah, so everybody was racist because all the Chinese really? people were getting a ton of jobs working Pause. on the railroads. This no, no, is no. important. Okay. You mean to tell me that there's racism? I know. In US history? Hey, this is this is the 1800s. Don't worry about it. Wow. I know. 
I would never believe that <laughs> the United States has a racist history. It's a conspiracy theory. I don't think it's. I don't, it's, I don't put much. It has much to be. It definitely it. has to be. Gee, fucking goddamn it. But I found some really interesting parallels with uh, the 1870s and now. People were were fearful because the Chinese people were coming in and taking their jobs working on the railroads, even though white folk weren't working on the railroad because they didn't pay enough. Yeah. So they weren't working it. It's interesting. I see some kind of parallel between 1880 and 2020. There were, yeah, it was widespread racism against Chinese people. There were massacres that happened leading up to this and after this, because when this act passed, it then moved into the driving out phase of racism where now you can't come in now we got to get rid of the ones who are in here and people started getting massacred and it was horrible like if you're in you know high school history class and or whatever they say oh there was some racism against chinese people but they built all the railroads so it's whatever (laughs) but we made them our slaves so who gives a shit yeah but but what was really happening is white miners were jealous that the chinese were getting all the railroad jobs and then they were shooting them (laughs) Oh, my God. And then they were like, oh, yeah, you guys don't pay enough. Never mind. We're good. We'll keep mining. Yeah. So obviously this level of racism is too big to go into. But basically watch any news article about racism in the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years and replace Mexican with Chinese. And it's the exact same thing. Interesting. It's the exact same thing. We should build a wall. We should, even though they're on another continent. <laughs> we build should... a wall in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yes. God. Um, it, they even had a a massacre that was somewhat similar to the Kristallnacht, which was where the Jew, the Germans, uh, you know, assaulted a bunch of Jewish businesses. Pretty much stuff like that was happening was all around the country, and everybody said, "Yeah, let's get rid of them." So yeah, anybody who who would be able to immigrate during that time uh, had to be a business owner, and that was just the most common thing, the most common like, loophole. Let's cook to get into the United States. Huh. Because even with the racism and the horrible stuff that was happening to them, the United States was still a better place for them and their families. Oh, that's so... It's so painful. You're just like, oh, man. Yeah, so that's that one's a lot of fun. Now we're going to talk about 7-Up. <laughs> oh, boy. Everybody's favorite drink to mix with alcohol. We're going to play two rounds of Heads Up 7-Up. So if it gets silent, it's because... They're walking around. We have our heads down, yeah. Yeah. It was created by Charles Grigg. It was launched just two weeks before the 1929 stock market crash. So great timing to launch a business. <laughs> Nothing fixes a stock market crash so, like an ice-cold beverage. It used to be called the Bib Label li- uh, Lithigated Lemon Lime Soda. What? That was the name? That, that was, was the, the name, name of 7-Up. Bib Label Lithigated Lemon Lime Soda. Now, was this drink popular when it first came out? Because... I personally, like, I wouldn't be able to order one of those. I sit down at a restaurant, and they're like, what would you like? And I go, I'd like a bib. Ah, never mind. Fuck it. I'll just take a Coke. <laughs> like, well, Coke during, during uh, before that, it well, was, was basically called- to it at that point because it'd be- Pemberton's, it, it used to be called Pemberton's French Wine Cocoa. What the hell was wrong with- <laughs> I love the names of these old drinks. <laughs> God, they're so garbage. Like, like, everything sounds so fucking posh. All right, but we'll get into Coke after this. So, uh, Biberton's lemon lime bib label. Now, the important part is the- Tasty beverage. Lithiated. I think I meant to say lithiated because I I spelled it wrong on here. Lithiated lemon lime soda contained lithium citrate until 1948. Ooh, okay. So, for over 10 years, it contained lithium, which, if you don't know, it's a mood stabilizer used for bipolar disorder, manic depression, and schizophrenia. Which is great. The way it works. Because that's everything that, you know, that's Utah moms you are taking, oh. Mormon mothers are taking right now. They, oh, Mood they stabilizers. <laughs> and antidepressants. So it works by affecting how the how sodium flows through your nervous, nervous and muscle cells. And it basically prevents or lessens the intensity of manic ep- episodes. And it, the interesting thing is if you take just slightly more than the recommended dose based on your body weight. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch, and a couple other things, you can very quickly get lithium toxicity. Oh, where you get shaking, tremors, headaches, migraines, and I know that two no, things, that's actually times. just a sugar buzz. Uh, seizures. You can develop a whole bunch of problems from Jesus. it. Jesus. And 
it was Seven Up was originally marketed as a hangover remedy. <laughs> oh, God. makes you feel way good because you got nice lithium in there. Because when you were drinking the night before, you'd have your Jack and literal Coke. You'd sip yeah. on those, get a nice little cocaine buzz, and then the next morning. You just take your sweet little antidepressant yeah. drink and your levels you out. All set. Just a nice touch of lithium to get you through the morning. There was also a Coca-Cola drink that uh, contained lithium. It was called Lithia Coke. Uh, Lithia Coke. <laughs> what? And uh, I wish I could have find found anything on that. But really? It was very briefly was on like, the market. So you just put lithium in your Coke and you're good. Just a little sprinkle of lithium yeah. in your Coke. God, that that blows my mind that they were just. So willing to, like, now we're like, oh, yeah, like fucking orange vanilla Coca-Cola. And they're like, oh, dude, you know what slapped back in, like, 1930? Lithium Coke. Let's let's bring it back. New Coke or old Coke. What? (laughs) (laughs) That shit got me through every morning. Yes. (laughs) I didn't didn't even know who my wife was for 10 years. (laughs) And I don't even know who she was now. So now we'll talk about Coke. It was introduced in 1886 by John Pemberton. Ooh. He was a Confederate colonel. Oh, this is great. We're just all about the racism. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to uh, hit on weird. that next week, too. It's going to be a great combination. Yeah, it's pretty fun. For me, yeah. a white male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. A non-Chinese white yeah. male, not from 1880. He was injured during the Civil War and immediately became addicted to morphine. So he was basically... A business owner trying to come up with his own drink to find a, to get a substitute so he could get that hit of morphine without taking morphine. That's really what he was doing. He was, okay, this is a popular drink. Let's put cocaine in it. See if I get addicted to that or if that helps me, you know, get over my morphine addiction. <laughs> if I move my addiction from one thing to the next, I'm finding my way through addiction. Yeah, there you go. So he created Pemberton's French wine coca as a nerve tonic. Tonic. See, tonic. now that sounds like something that I would order. That's fancy. French tonic coca. What is your best nerve tonic? Uh, I'd like a lemon-lime fucking lithiated bib-label. Bib-label. Okay, you dip, shake it out of here. I'd like a Pemberton. <laughs> <laughs> so this drink was a complete ripoff of a Vin Mariani, which was a French Corsican coca wine. So it was an alcoholic beverage. It was a wine that also had uh, coca in it, which contained cocaine. But his version had the African cola nut, which had a bunch of caffeine in it. So you got cocaine, you got caffeine, and you got alcohol. Fucking great. This sounds like a party. If your first time trying it, generally you would have to have 911 on speed dial because your heart would stop fucking (laughs) bumping or would explode. No, no, everybody was addicted to (laughs) morphine, and you could go around to your— Tell your druggist down the corner and get, you know, whatever you wanted, really. <laughs> Especially a Pemberton's. <laughs> yes. Right on tap. God. So a year before this drink came out, a drink called Cola Coca was presented at a contest <laughs> in the town you where he was working. Bastards. What the fuck are they? Disney? <laughs> the Disney of the drink company. Yes, they they really are. So he completely ripped off this drink from multiple popular drinks at the time, where he was like, this is popular, let's add cocaine to it, and (laughs) caffeine, and then just decided it was good. In 1886, yeah, he marketed Coca-Cola, which was a non-alcoholic version, to the temperance movement. Oh. So the reason we have Coca-Cola, the reason there's not alcohol in it, besides probably, you know, 100 years have passed, or more, at this point, uh... Yeah, it was the temperance movement. He wanted to get all that temperance movement cash, that church money. That sweet Jesus A lot of money. churches had their hand in the temperance movement. You don't say. So, you know, not a lot of fun, these temperance no, no, guys. No. no jerking, no alcohol, no. Uh, but cocaine and wheat flakes, that's totally fine. As far as I remember back then, churches loved masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. I. How dare cut you? Cut the feet, cut the feet. <laughs> Fact checked, bitch. <laughs> what are you, Snopes? <laughs> oh, so God. you know. So, so they had a hand in politics and Christianity, obviously, but they were kind of just stirring the pot. Oh yeah, stirring the Coca Cola cocaine the Coca-Cola pot. Coca Cola cocaine pot. Eventually, people realized that uh, it's okay to masturbate and drink alcohol. Last so year. the temperance movement slowed down a little bit over time. 
But now we're going to still talking about Coke. Mm-hmm. We're combining that with my favorite topic, Nazis. <laughs> two for two. For yeah, you. <laughs> perfect. It always ends up, it always ends with the Nazis. So uh, Coca-Cola GmbH, which I'm just going to call German Coke. The company was called Coca-Cola GmbH. It's oh, just okay. the German branch yeah. of Coca-Cola. They were ruthless in its advertising. Basically, they wanted to convince the Germans to ditch beer and drink a nice, cool Coke. Cool, refreshing Coke. They would be, anytime there was a magazine with Adolf Hitler or a member of the the Reich, a high-up person, they would have an ad in that magazine. (sighs) They would specifically target ads because, you know, this is a big movement. Let's, Let's, you know, get in on the ground floor, get them to associate Hitler with Coca-Cola. Interesting. Like, it's advertising. It's funny because they would have just become what America's become. Because they went for beer, but if they had gone for Coke, they would be as fat as fucking Americans are now. So they, specifically, when they heard that there would be like a rally for the Nazi party, they would buy billboards in the area and put up these big posters of Coke. I just imagine, like, you're walking down the street... And you've got, like, this big swastika. And what is it? Is it an eagle that's on there? What's the, like, bird? Uh, depends which one. Yeah, the, I, I the eagle. Know. Yeah, you've got the eagle and then below. It just says, sponsored by Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. That was basically that. Um, they would. They took a hit when a, a picture leaked of the American version of Coke, and it said it was kosher on the back. <laughs> so the Nazi party was like, what? This is a Jewish drink. <laughs> but they, they immediately had like a press conference and released an article and said, no, we are not Jewish. Not at all. And they, they immediately, God. you know, cozied up to this totalitarian regime. What are they? Fucking Ford? <laughs> right? Oh, God. I really want to talk about Ford and Nazis. That's what got me into history. I knew I'd get you fired up on was that one. Ford and the Nazis. Oh, man. So they were, yeah, they almost got shot down because of their caffeine content. Um, because the Germans were all about, starting to be about health, Nazi, or Nazis. Uh, Hitler always wanted to advocate for the young people to be nice and healthy. So they had a lot of caffeine in it. They, they eventually cut that down. But right. now I just want to come up with like Nazi Coca-Cola posters. Oh no, they have posters. them. They have them. They're I know. Great. I, I, I want to see them. them, but I've got some phenomenal ideas that I think I could pitch to Adolf Hitler back in the I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we could make some great propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> Give Goebbels a run for his money. <laughs> so Max Kite was a guy. He was a German-born American who was in charge of German Coke. And he was able to pull ahead through all the adversity. True hero. 1936 Olympics was a huge deal for Germany because the Nazi party was really, you know, turning gears. They hadn't really gone to war yet, but they were they were rebuilding their economy. So the – were they, were they in Munich? Uh, it was in Berlin. Was it in Berlin? Mm-hmm. What? I keep thinking Munich. I don't know why. Yeah, I went to the, the little stadium oh, where that's they fancy. did it. It was really cool. I I got to stand in the little box area where Hitler sat. Oh, fancy. And it was fancy. it's just it's mind blowing. You go outside in the outside of the stadium, it looks so like it looks like it's made by the Nazi party. Yeah. You're just like, Stylish. Oh my god, and you Stylish walk in and now it's uh it's where one of their uh professional Berlin teams play. Uh but it's such a cool area. And, like, on the outside, it even looks like they did all the training and everything because it's just these fields. That's cool. Just all over outside with these big cement walls. It was amazing. But, yeah, you walk in and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, Nazi Party certainly made this shit. <laughs> Very clearly. So it was a huge deal for German Coke, too, because they were a massive sponsor of the Olympics. Their ads were everywhere <laughs> in that place. And they, they had concession stands, brochures, 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 and they, they even brought over the U.S. company boss, Robert Woodruff, to witness the branding and the spectacle of how how impactful they were on the game, the games. They basically, you know, funded a huge portion of it. And so in uh, 1936, the Nazis marched over to Austria and Max Kite presided over a concessionaire convention. Concessionaire. So behind where he was sitting was it was basically a bunch of Coke branding and then below those swastikas, three of them. And then the table where he was sitting over draped over the table was another Nazi flag with the swastikas and things. God. What a cocksucker. <laughs> God. 
the meeting ended with a the ceremonial pledge to Hitler, pretty common at the time. At another convention soon after that, Kite ordered a the mass, you know, sig hail in honor of Hitler's 50th birthday to commemorate, and I quote, our deepest admiration and gratitude for our Fuhrer who has led our nation into a brilliant higher sphere. Oh, man. Uh, there was an exhibition of German workers' achievements, which was all just propaganda. Oh, what? No. Yeah, really? We are crazy. <laughs> Coke was massively involved. They had a 50-foot-long service counter. They had a miniature train for the kids to ride on. <laughs> God. They had a small, like, model bottling plant. It could model, or it could bottle, like, a ton of product just right there in front of them. It was like this whole thing. Uh, Hermann Goring himself had a glass of Coke, and that was, there's a picture of that floating around. He basically, if you don't know who Goring was, he ran the German government for Hitler. Oh, okay. Like, he was like the guy under like him right -hand man, in Germany running it. Because each, each different region that they took over, somebody else was kind of running it. All right. So, it's, you know, it's great. Tons of, tons of uh, propaganda and all that stuff. I have stuff. another great current day advertisement for you. Pepsi, if you're listening... Your boys gotcha. They're not. D's on the case. So, looks like a Coca-Cola commercial. They've got their little white polar bear. He's just chilling, cracking open a bottle of Coke. Holds it up to his mouth, but wait. He looks at it, he goes, wait a minute. And he grabs the, he grabs his snout, pulls back his mask, and it's Hitler inside the, the uh, polar bear suit. He takes a drink and he says, like, ah, nothing like Coca-Cola. And then Pepsi... Symbol comes up and they go, because they're fucking Nazis. <laughs> I love it. Like, I Perfect. think that would be great. Or, you know, a bunch of soldiers come in and shoot Hitler, but their uniform is just Pepsi. <laughs> just Pepsi. Just, they edit all of the the World War II footage so that people, like the American troops, have like little little Pepsi badges on their arms and everything. We could make propaganda. Oh, God. And we are we for are hire. the worst. Yeah, absolutely. So... I, I I really like this because on Snopes, whenever you look up Max Kite, it's per, or it's spelled Keith, but it's pronounced Kite. He Snopes comes up and says, "Was Max Kite a Nazi? German-born American dude, uh, you know, not afraid to cuddle up with a totalitarian fascist regime, <laughs> but no, he was not a member of the Nazi Party. He's just a sympathizer." He's just a collaborator, even. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, I love Snopes just because they're like, technically, no, he wasn't a Nazi. But, you know, he, he led Sig Hales. Like, he did Nazi shit, basically. He, what it boils down to is he was more loyal to Coke than he was to the Nazis. And then you scroll down to the bottom of Snopes' page, and it says, Sponsored, Sponsored by, by Coca-Cola. Oh, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> Funding by Coca-Cola, a Lay's, a Lay's company. So from a newspaper at the time, I forgot what it was called. It was in German. I got this fun quote. Though no such picture documented the Führer's taste, Hitler reputedly enjoyed Coca-Cola too, sipping the Atlanta drink as he watched Gone with the Wind in his private theater. <laughs> what a fucking bitch. <laughs> God, he would. He really would. So Max Kite really took advantage and immediately turned to war profiteering. You know, imagine that. He would establish uh, bottling plants in newly annexed territory because anytime, like, in Germany or in these already annexed places, they were uh, restricting the use of glass because they would use it in their airplanes. So he couldn't bottle it in glass, but he wanted to keep it glass because that's Coke. So he would move into a newly annexed territory and get a shitload of glass and bottle it real quick. To do that, he would take advantage of the convict slave labor which the, the Nazis did a lot. They would basically release people from prisons and make them slaves to certain corporations and companies and farms. So like what the United States does. Yeah, yeah, currently. exactly. Like the chain gangs. Yeah. So what So what Amazon is doing right now. Yes, except not everybody in an Amazon warehouse is currently incarcerated for murder. Uh, but it, they're being treated like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it because he, you know, this really aged well. But he said that his best salesman, and I quote, had killed his father and was serving a 20-year sentence for it. <laughs> so Max Kite's best salesman was a fucking murderer. Oh, no. And then this Not kinda... sponsored by the Nazis. <laughs> not, definitely not. Jesus. So when the U.S. entered the war, they immediately established a trade embargo against Germany. And that's bad. Max Kite wasn't able to get that delicious Coke syrup. That sweet, sweet coca. 
into the country and he wasn't he wasn't allowed to communicate with the US company at all. It was completely cut off. So what would any good businessman do? Keep making drinks. <laughs> he decided that he he had a think tank of some, you know, higher ups in the company and said we need to make a new drink and brand it to the Nazis during this war. Think of what what are we going to name it? We got to name this. We'll just use ingredients of what anything that we can find. What should we name it? And he basically told them to use their imagination, which is fantasy in German, essentially. Uh, and one person shouted out, Fanta! And that was the name. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. Good thing uh, our lawyer tossed that big bottle of Fanta out on the, uh, oh, on yeah. the road earlier. That was yeeted Celebration, right yeah. We, uh, we made sure to, to really embrace the episode today. So, because they had to make a soda based only on ingredients available in Nazi Germany during a war, they got three things that really worked. Beet sugar, whey, and apple fibers. Oh, fuck. If you don't know what whey is, it's basically when you make cheese, you pour that off as a waste product. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was it's oh, just a no. delicious drink. They would press oh, these. God. They called them leftovers of the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> and for some fucking reason, the drink was hugely popular. How? they It avoided the ration because it wasn't really food. Yeah, it, you don't it, say. The, the ingredient costs were basically nothing. <laughs> because it's just a waste product. They were They're bottling like, it. So I'd imagine they just go to like places that are like food apple rolls. companies. They go to uh, beet companies and they go to cheese companies. And they just empty those dumpsters yeah, the into dumpsters a, big, in the back. a big truck. And they're like, oh, dude, this Fanta's going to fucking slap. And they're just, they take it back, somebody stirs it up inside, and then they bottle it out of a leaky corner in that like, yeah. dump truck. You got to squeeze it down sometimes. They're like, no, just toss it in the fridge. It'll sell like hotcakes. <laughs> God. The, they, uh, they would bottle it in the plants that were already set up. They didn't have to pay anything to start bottling them. Because Papa Coke back in the U.S. already paid for those plants. Oh, God. So they just immediately started making a ton of money. It, ugh, it wasn't ugh. usually drank as a soda. It was more of a way to add sweetness and flavor to soups and stews because of sugar rationing. Oh, that's interesting. And baked Sweetness goods. and flavor are two things that I would not use to describe said drink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, they, they couldn't get any sugar. That was the best they could get. It's <laughs> beet, like, beet you sit sugar. here and you need some sugar, but you only have stevia. So, you know, you make do. Oh, God. You're, that's right. My life is just as difficult as these Nazi peasants. God. German peasants, I should say. The struggle is real for AJ. So they made a, a bunch of different flavors based on whatever was available in the region. So the more popular one was the apple fibers. In some of the areas, they would use grape skins, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Anything left over from yeah, grapes. Basically, they would use raisins. Fibers. They would use fucking raisins. Ugh, but not no. like but not raisins that they made intentionally. They're just grapes that sat out for way too fucking long. They're like, oh shit, these were at the bottom of our No, they our were the grape grapes box. that the birds didn't want. <laughs> really? Oh no. God. Yeah. Delicious, right? So throughout the war he was just bottling away, making the, all this money. He almost got scooped up. There was a German colonel who was like this dude's making a lot of money, and he's not a Nazi. Let's look into him. And then he got killed in a bombing. So he was basically <laughs> scot-free. Jesus Christ. So Max Kite, the end of the war happened. Soldiers from both sides, the Russians, won the war, and then the Americans kind of came in at the end. But, you know, whatever. They <laughs> were, you know, storming Berlin. Adolf Hitler is allegedly committing suicide, and his first contact to the main company, to Coca-Cola, arrived to the U.S. shores. Coca-Cola GmbH still functioning. Send auditors. That's all he said. Starting banana flavor now. Now with <laughs> all natural banana peels. <laughs> Apparently, when r the Russians found him, he was still bottling in like a shack. <laughs> this guy is just like he's committed. I've I've gotta just gotta keep going. There's nothing else. Well, he was extremely matters. wealthy for you know being in a war-torn country. And, yeah, so Coke said, okay, yeah, let's do it. They sent auditors in. They immediately received all of the profits gained from the war profiteering, the indiscriminate cuddling up to the totalitarian regime, 
They regained control of the brand, the recipes, the trademarks. They got that money from the slave labor. And they basically stopped bottling Fanta. They were like, what the fuck is this disgusting shit? And stopped bottling it. They didn't even taste it. They just smelled it from like a mile away. And they're like, whatever the fuck that is, somebody dump it out. 1950s roll around and they reintroduce Fanta to Italy before it spread across the world. But at the time when they did reintroduce it, it was still the idea that, oh, you just use whatever's around. So they used these oranges from this town in Italy. And that's where they like the orange Fanta that we know now. That's kind of what the flavor is based on. Is these specific nectarine hmm. oranges or whatever they were? I don't. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, Max Kite was hailed as a hero by Coke executives for keeping the company alive and profitable during the war. Oh God! And they completely swept the fact that he was a Nazi, known Nazi collaborator, completely under the rug. You don't say. And never acknowledged it. Well, of course not. That's bad press. Yeah. After that side lost. Similar to Ford, how Ford came in after the war and accepted all the money from how their factories were converted into tank and ball-bearing factories <laughs> and had uh, Russian 16-year-old girls who were slaves and kidnapped from their towns to run the machines. I feel like we've talked about that on an episode. Not on an episode. We've talked about that in person. When we were actually planning, thinking about making an episode, oh, okay. that was one of the conversations. Yeah, I thought we had discussed what Ford did, but it was just vaguely. Oh, God. <sighs> Pure gold. Perfect. So, yeah, uh, Coke is Nazi. <laughs> Coke is Nazi and Can't 7 wait. Up had a shitty a shitty name. <laughs> really shitty You're going to take anything from this. Also, don't, don't masturbate. It, yeah, don't let anybody pour acid on your clit. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh god. Well, uh that all you got? Is yep, that it? That's it. That's all you have? <laughs> yeah, it was only an hour. Oh. Hey, if you're not careful, I'm going to tie your foreskin shut. Oh, please do uh, don't. Please don't mm. do that. Oh, lord, man. I So, you know, Everything you eat is tainted by the Nazis. Sometimes literally taint. <laughs> literally taint. 1920s beef taint. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for tuning in. Huge shout out to Haley and Casey McFacey. Thank you so much for subscribing on Patreon. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. The usual like, favorite, subscribe, message, uh, heart. Fucking, I don't, whatever. Uh, up, yeah. vote. Yeah, up, uh, uh, up dude. Tell, uh, tell a friend. Yeah, fucking. Email somebody. Yeah, share our aim, podcast. instant messenger somebody our podcast. All the things, whatever, find our YouTube. Download Signal and only use that to text. Yeah, we're just going to dump all of our, like, shameless advertising at the end. Uh, Yeah, check out the link in our bio on Instagram and Twitter. Merchandise, uh, merchandise, merchandise. Merchandise, uh, buy Coca-Cola. Uh, support the Nazi regime. No, oh, neither no, of those no, things. No, Don't do those things. Shit. Oh, we're going to get defunded. Uh, um, funded. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to lose even more money than we've already lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, but feel free to reach out with show ideas, everything. We love if there's from more guys. awful food or temperance movement facts that you want us to talk about, yeah. send us a DM. Yeah, slide into those sweet little DMs. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will catch you next Monday. Later, skater.